Welcome to Death and Aliens, an in-depth look at horror and sci-fi TV from two friends who vaguely know what they're doing. I'm MK. And I'm Courtney. And um, apologies for that inability to speak that just happened there. How how are you, Courtney? You know, I'm fine. I have been sleeping for two days because I came back to the real world after being away for two weeks. And it's still busy here. <laughs> didn't yeah. my jobs didn't, didn't stop? It. They yeah. still exist. So, um, but I'm good. Um, my bestie Rachel got married while we were away, and it was incredible. We had a beautiful ceremony. So that's why I went home a little early for the holidays. And it was just a really nice weekend. I got to see her a lot. I got to see her now husband a lot, and um, it was just a good time. A lot of good time seeing old friends and dancing and eating. I ate so much at their wedding. They had so much good food. Um, yeah, that kind of was my like first week out <laughs> since we've talked on the podcast. Yeah. It was just like wedding stuff and like hanging out with my family um, down south and just kind of relaxing and chilling. How are you? Um, I have definitely been better. Um <laughs> For those of you who don't know, um, which should be no one who listens to this podcast, because if you listened to all of 2022, you'll know that um, it was a fucking shit year for me. And um, it just like really wanted to say fuck you one last time before the year ended. So um, I did not spend Christmas with my family because I was... uh, stranded in a driving van in a blizzard that had category one uh level winds and killed 31 people mm-hmm. um and it was the first year in 30 years my mom had no kids in her house for christmas morning which was like tragic um and then we had some uh damage to the old house because of the storm and so while we were there trying to get the last stuff out of the house um, I fell down the stairs and uh, bruised my tailbone so hard that I can't actually sit. I am sitting on a heating pad and a pillow to be able to record this. It, it's just, you know, the fantastic. Bless your heart. Um, but before all of the tragedy, actually somewhere in the middle of that because it was during the Christmas break week. So it was sometime in the middle of this hot mess of the last two weeks of my life. Um, I thought of you because we ordered from a restaurant that we had never ordered takeout from before. Mm -hmm. And I don't remember what it was called, but it was like something generic, like two people's names. And so like, I didn't know what to expect when I looked at the menu, but it was New Orleans style food. Was it though? Was it really? No. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. Um, the like beignets. The beignets were too heavy. That was the, my one complaint. Was the beignets were too heavy? They're really hard to get done well. And I was that like, happens sometimes in New Orleans too, though. Like, right. I was right like, to, so. I was like, to be fair, I've only ever had beignets that I made myself with Cafe Du Monde's mix or from Cafe Beignet. So mm-hmm. like, that's the two like top <laughs> beignet places in new orleans right so um i have pretty high standards so the beignets were not great they looked more like hush puppies so i already knew they weren't going to be good because mm-hmm. the dough was just the wrong shape yeah. um but i had shrimp and grits 
And like, it was like real, like there were like chunks of onions and corn in the grits, like legit. Mm-hmm. Oh, so good. Yeah. I don't want all that in my shrimp and grits. But like, it wasn't like I overwhelming. Mine. Well, I don't like corn or onions. Mm, that's fair. So that's a problem. <clears throat> but I like it was to be a little more saucy on top, but the grits mm. a creamy, like flavorful, but like not like they just put a ton of butter in it. You know, like I like butter in my grits. Mm. Don't get me wrong. Right. But, no, know, but this this was like grits. <laughs> it was like when I looked at it, the color was orange, mm-hmm. and I, so I was worried it was going to be too spicy. But then it wasn't. It was just like really well seasoned, and I was like, see, and I like a little more spice to mine too, which is fair. But, I like uh, I love a good blackened shrimp and grits. Mm, yeah. Ugh, no, this this was this was just like but like but like my dad had some gumbo and I it was don't care for gumbo. <laughs> well, you know <laughs> we just got the things that we could tell if they would like knew what they were yeah. doing. Yeah. Oh, I can tell you if they're doing it right or not. I, I just don't want to <laughs> <laughs> Which is fine. Um but yeah, so that was my, uh, I just closed the tab that had all of my trivia on it. What, the, what am I doing? Did you also think of me because I texted you like every 12 hours and I was like, are you still alive? Are you alive now? <laughs> I was, it was a day. It was a struggle. Well, and because I, um, I had so much free time with being stuck in the storm and everything that I just like edited all of the podcasts for the whole winter break. Like, the third day of break and then like Such pretended the podcast didn't exist for <laughs> so I tried really hard to just like do podcasty things because I was also not doing anything like I sat at my family's house and like binge watch tv shows the amount of tv yeah. I've seen and movies I've seen incredible nothing better to do with my time absolutely um, but my parents have terrible internet mm. you can do like they did buy an internet um extender thing Mm-hmm. And so, like, I can use my phone now while I'm there. Which, which to be fair, it was one of the reasons why I wasn't texting you as much because last time you were there, I didn't even text yeah. you. Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I could, it was a little better this time. But Canva, for the life of me, Canva did not want to work. Like, I was trying to create stuff for a nonprofit for uh, unseen artist nonprofit I work with. And I was like, I got like two things made and then I just gave up. And I was like, I, I can't do anything else with Canva. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was, um, I played a lot of Mario Kart. Mm-hmm. I played a lot of Disney Dreamlight. I also um, became like Martha fucking Stewart. Let me tell you. Because I was like trapped with Dan and we had nothing to do. And it was just the two of us because... <laughs> Douglas decided to go out into the storm and then he spent um, the storm at a fire station. Well, well, yeah. Um, You know, but I made, I made an apple cobbler with homemade cardamom biscuits. Yum. It was so good. I would love that. Oh, I, I saved the recipe because it was, like, the best okay. thing I ever made. Um, we made um, Joanna Gaines' uh, overnight French toast bake. Mm, how was that? So, so good. good. Ugh, I knew it. It made um, avocado fries in the air fryer. 
Um, we also made homemade uh, air fryer chicken parm. Mm. We made our homemade carbonara. It was just, I was like, this is, I feel so domestic. We were like fake living together because it was a blizzard and um, we just made a lot of food. So that's usually what I do when I go home for the holidays. And I made pigs in a blanket. That was all I made this year. Fantastic. I didn't make anything because I literally, when I tell you, I just sat and slept and ate this entire like holiday season. I mean, but like, when is the last time you did that? When you were not ill. Like 20 years ago. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah, so it was, it was nice. I didn't do anything. My dad made steak. Ugh, yum. Um, My aunt cooked me breakfast every morning when I was staying with her and woke me up and we had breakfast till at 7 a.m. And then I'd be up for like an hour and then I'd go back to sleep. I love it. It was so nice. Ugh, incredible. Yeah. So it was nice having real food that I also didn't you know um you know what else is nice what is that coming into 2023 spiritually at peace you know you're very right and because of that i did not choose a darker (laughs) spirituality quote this this time and a few times i've uh kind of kind of attacked me it's fine it's fine. This one is lovely. You've got to start romanticizing your life. You've got to start believing that your morning commute is cute and fun, that every cup of coffee is the best you've ever had, that even the smallest and most mundane things are exciting and new. You have to, because that's when you start truly living. That's when you look forward to every day. I love that. Right? Me too. Me too. It makes me so happy. You know what else I love most of the time? What is that? Starting. You know, I bet you're all very pleased that we are back to normal Stargate. But here's the thing. Um, We posted this on Instagram today. Yes. Which doesn't help you because um, it actually, if you were trying to watch (laughs) last week's episode, which I told you over break, or I told you like, I, what happened is I told you, but it was after we had already finished filming. And so it was like too late to put it into the podcast. And you told me it was leaving, but I didn't know where, I don't know if we talked about where it went and we may have, I just didn't. We did. Yeah, we did. But like I said, we, you guys know, Courtney and I like bulk recorded and then she went away. And so like, I found out in this information after we had finished recording everything. Like two days after. Yeah. (laughs) So it was like too late to like go and put it in the podcast. But on December 30th. Uh, and not even December 31st. That was the thing that pissed me off about it. It wasn't even <laughs> December 31st. It wasn't even like an end of the 2022 thing. It was like December 30th, 2022. Fuck your feelings. Mm, Stargate is leaving again. Again. <laughs> it, for one month. One month we had, where was it? Hulu? Amazon? I don't remember where it was. It was on Amazon Prime. Amazon because Prime what, happened was, what happened was, and this is the thing that's shisty about it. Mm. Amazon, as a conglomeration has purchased MGM. Right. So then you're like, oh, great. That means Stargate on Amazon. Nay, nay, I say. Because Amazon is also currently in the process of redoing the MGM streaming service so that Epix, which is MGM streaming, 
will be added to Amazon, like an add-on, like where Paramount and uh, BritBox and Acorn and all of those things are. So Stargate is gone again, because then you'll have to buy Epics and have another streaming package in your Amazon package. But it's okay. By then you can leak <laughs> Peacock, because we'll be done with Bates Motel. And then you can send And just it. transfer your money. Oh, yeah. my God. But it is on Pluto TV for free. It just has commercials. So if you are watching along with us and you do not have DVDs. Those are the longest commercials I've ever watched in my life. They are. To be fair, there's like three commercials, but then they just do like a full like three minutes of commercials each time instead of like doing multiple holiday lights at the end of every commercial it was insane watching it today it was um also i was watching it while i was watching it while i was at shay's working elf the musical which had a it was a horrible thing because elf was supposed to start on the 26th but the storm started on the 23rd and then buffalo didn't get cleaned up until the 27th or 28th so elf was supposed to be at shay's from the 26th to the 31st and then it ended up only being at Shays for the 29th 30th and 31st so I'm sitting there working one of the only four performances of the show that was supposed to have like 15 performances and every ad during Stargate was telling me to go buy tickets for the show and I was like (laughs) I'm here I think they're done now I was like also Alpha Musical two and a half hours long that's longer than the movie. Correct. Was it good? I didn't care for it. I didn't see. I it. didn't. Well, I didn't watch it that hard because I didn't want to be at work. But like, also, I, I just did not care for it. Fair. Um. But anyway, so it is on Pluto TV with commercials for the time being. Um. Also, I have the DVD box set, so come watch it with me if you want. Um. Unless you're oh. a serial killer, and then please do not do that. Correct. Um, like, ask me before you do. Like, don't just show up at my house because then I will want to know how you found out where I live. Right. Right. Um, but needless to say, we had to watch it somewhere. So, because unfortunately, um, we're two seasons in. We are committed now, and it is too late to turn back. So we watched <clears throat> Stargate SG One. Season 2, episode 21. The penultimate episode of the season, which you think would then be related to anything that happened this season. Anything. Anything else. <clears throat> it was not. Mm-hmm. Um, it is entitled 1969. And it was rated 8.7 stars. It is also um, a fan favorite episode. And in... Um, a British poll of the 10 best Stargate episodes of all time. It is the f- number four. Why? Um, that is a great question. What, <clears throat> what's it rated on IMDb? 8.7. 8.7. Like it's um, rated higher than some of the others as well. Just, yeah. I don't really understand the the fan favoritism like i didn't hate it no no it's fine but, but like it it's just not related to anything we've done and it's in a place in the season where you would think that they would want it and i don't think it's all that um groundbreaking 
It's not groundbreaking. Mm -hmm. I rewrote the title of the episode. Um, I'll tell you later. But uh, so, like, I already have a lot of feelings about it. I think yeah. there are so many things that could have been yeah. done differently and more interesting because it was not related. Yeah. So I have thoughts. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, and, and also just, like, because it's so different, having it ranked that high is surprising to me because I feel like people who, like, are true, like, Stargate fans wouldn't have liked it. I don't know. It just, it feels weird that that's the rating. Yeah. <clears throat> but it did uh, appear on the television for the first time on March 5th of 1999. Um, I was about to turn seven in three weeks. I don't know what I. Half a year away from seven. Um, the number one song was still Angel of Mine by Monica. And the, num and the number one book was still The Testament by John Grisham. The number one movie was a movie that I haven't seen, okay. that I recall, but I have at least heard of it, which is better than some of the movies we've been getting. <laughs> it's called Analyze This. Yes, I have not seen it either, but I've... It, I've is, <laughs> it is a mafia comedy um, by Harold Ramis. He directed it and co-wrote it. Um, and it stars Robert De Niro as a mob boss and Billy Crystal as his shrink. I think I would love it because first yeah, of all, I love those guys and I love mafia movies. So. Right, um, I've definitely heard about it. I don't know if I've seen it. Um, there was also a sequel in like 2003 called Analyze That. Oh yeah, I don't know and, that, I that was the sequel. Now that you say, okay. yeah, um, I don't think I realized it was a sequel either until I was reading about it. Um, but it seems like something that would absolutely be up my alley in terms of like 90s bad mafia comedies. Maybe I'll watch it tonight. Sure. Um, the events that happened that day um, were not that exciting. Um, 1999 was not the most exciting year in the world, apparently. Um, although this is still early in 1999, I can't wait until we get to later in 1999. Also, here's the bruise on my arm from when I fell down the stairs. It's really cute. Um, Our Y2K time. For Y2K time, yeah. But um, this day, May March 5th, 1999, was the day Madison Beer was born. She's a singer, like a pop singer now who's like popular. Um, but she was, she's young enough that she was born in, 19 in 1999. Right. So I don't know who she is and that's fine. Yeah. It. Um, it was also the day that none of it, the province in Canada elected its first premier like it had it was the first election where it was a province not a territory oh yeah so they elected their first premier that day so like they're two very different spectrums of news very different yeah i followed each other <laughs> i was like did they have a movie premiere no premier, like, no premieres are what you call like the governor of a province yes yes i follow now i follow now i just yeah first so that's that's that day um it was directed by charles corral who previously directed um the episode the Knox. Ah. um and it was written by brad wright with story editing by tori alexander valenza all right we are yeah back at it um our guest star was alex zahara he played michael and this was not his first role on the show, but it was the first time that we saw his face because the last time he was on the show was in the episode Spirits, where he played Zells. 
the alien that pretended to be a crow. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, uh, he's known for movies like Horns, um, Open Range, 2012, and The 13th Warrior. Um, he has 161 credits, but they're all mostly like one-off TV things. Um, the few shows that he was in where he had roles that lasted more than one episode were Batwoman, Riverdale, The Man in the High Castle, and Once Upon a Time. Ah, Joel Delafitte. Yes, exactly. With Horns, the movie with Daniel Radcliffe? Yes, Horns was a great movie until the last five minutes. I will tell you right now. I won't tell you what happens, but I will tell you that I was so super into the movie, and then the last five minutes introduced gore for the first time in the movie <laughs> at all for for no reason. For no it was one of those things where I was like, if the whole movie had been gory, I would have been with you. Yeah. If there had been a plot purpose for that scene being as gory as it was, I would have been with you. But they just were like, we've sucked people in. The movie's about to end. Blood. And I was like. No, thank okay. you. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I'll have to watch it. Yeah. Um, I love Daniel Radcliffe, so. Me too. Um, well, so we start the episode with the team in the gate room, except Sam. She's fixing something in the computer that will make sure that they don't have any space-time warping because they're moving very close to the sun. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, Sam has a very nasty cut on her hand that Hammond notices and then gives her a weird note and tells her not to take it out of her vest pocket, which is super weird and cryptic. And I was already, I mean, I knew the episode was called 1969. Yeah. Which kind of tells you what the episode's about. And also I knew that they were going to time travel. Um, uh, but I was like, hmm, I can't imagine what that's about. <laughs> I know. Um, so they go through the gate and they come back out into what looks suspiciously like their own gate room. And then the gate disappears and they're just standing under a rocket. And I love the like effects of it disappearing. Yeah, that was I thought that cool. Um, the rocket is about to do a test burn and they all start losing their absolute fucking minds. And Teal'c's like, what is a test burn? Mm -hmm. And they're like, it's exactly what it sounds like. So they're all like running, trying to get out of there, except for Teal'c, who's just like casually standing under the rocket. And then he just pulls out his Zat gun and shoots the fucking rocket. Yeah, I was like, is that a new device? I wasn't sure if it was the Zat gun. I was like, that is... No, um, this episode suddenly proved to us that Zat guns work on objects also. But they did it in a way that I believed them. Because then, then when he does that... Jack's like, how did you know that was going to work? And he's like, I, I didn't. Yeah. So then when they do things with the Zat gun on objects later, I'm like, okay, well, we discovered that this is when they discover that that happens. Right. So like, at least it wasn't just like a, oh, we've known all along that the Zat gun can disappear fucking objects. Right. And I will say like, uh, under the lines of like, this episode doesn't have anything super groundbreaking, doesn't really connect. 
it's still written so well. Yes. No, I don't, I don't hate, ones. yeah, I don't hate the episode at all. Yeah. And a lot of what they talk about, about time travel is then used. Like think about how many of the shows that we think about now didn't exist at that time. Like how many of these shows that we watch that are sci-fi, that are time travel didn't, didn't exist. So it's not, it's not that it's incredibly groundbreaking. Or even some older shows that are, that have like, like Doctor Who, that have newer episodes that follow some of the same guidelines like this episode used. Right. Like if you compare, if you compare what happened in Doctor Who, like historical episodes in the 60s and 70s to what happens in Doctor Who historical episodes now, there's very much the, um, non-interventionism that was in this episode now and not before like doctor who has an episode that i've never seen because it doesn't exist anymore because it's from the first season of the show from 1963 and the videotapes don't exist but i've read the the book that came out at the same time and it's called marco polo and they go back in the past and they end up going meeting Marco Polo and then they just fucking like travel with Marco Polo to China and are part of his expedition. No. <laughs> like that's not how that works. Whereas like in the most uh not the most recent season, but in a newer season of Doctor Who, they go back in time to Rosa Parks and the Alabama boss boycott and they literally are like, you cannot stop her from sitting like staying on the bus that will like fuck up the entire history of america yeah and it's called i don't know if you're getting into this later if you want to get into it now because i've got oh well it's called different things in different contexts right so they called it the grandfather effect here yeah when i was looking it up it looks like more people refer to it as the grandfather um I've, they call they call it the grandfather paradox. Paradox. That's what I was looking for. Yes. Um. But I've also heard. I've also. I'm trying to think of what time other, paradox. I've heard. Um. I've yeah. Um. I've heard. Um. I've heard of it. Just uh, I, oh, the temporal paradox. That's what I've heard of yes. it. It's called a temporal paradox. Um. There's also the Fermi paradox or the Newcomb paradox, which are different. I heard Fermi before, yeah. Yeah, those are different, like, variations of it. But a temporal paradox is just a time travel paradox, and the grandfather paradox is, like, basically the one where you can't stop your grandfather from, like, being your grandfather kind of thing. Right. Um, I also know a few shows that have done it pretty well recently, and by recently I mean 2008-ish to now. (laughs) Fair. Older one I have is uh, Looper. I don't know if you've watched that movie. Yes. I thought they did an excellent job. I've watched it. I like that. I like the way they did it because I didn't know. Yes. When I can watch something and tell you what's going to happen, I don't always like it. That doesn't mean it's, I don't, I do. Sometimes I still like it, but if I can tell you exactly the plot before I watched it. Right. It's not great. I didn't know that that was how they were doing that in Looper. So I appreciated that. I definitely agree. I loved it. I was like, I'm never going to, that was one of the movies. I was like, I'm never going to be able to watch this for the first time again. And that's a bummer. Like, Yes. Because it was so good watching it the first time. Um, And some newer shows, for those of you that really liked this episode, because I, I did, I love the 
you know, the Paradox episodes and stuff. Um, some newer shows that you do it really well. Umbrella Academy, very okay. popular. Um, it does a great job. And I actually just finished the show today. Um, Paper Girls is on Amazon Prime. It just finished its first season maybe a month ago. Like, it's it's real new. Um, and it it was it was really good so i recommend everyone watching paper girls mk you would really like it i think okay i believe it um, um yeah so those are kind of my if you like, trying, them, like this other thing as well i'm trying to think of um what's some good examples that i know Ooh, i can't use a phone today though apparently <laughs> Um, you know, it's, it's just a thing that, uh, what? I'm, I don't, okay. I would like to not look up, um, the scientific principle of how that works. That's not what I'm trying to discover right now at all that's the first thing um, that came out for me too and it was telling me all about how stephen hawking worked on it and stuff and i was like ethan i think it was ethan Hyatt <laughs> learned it like learned exactly yeah um yeah i have, I have a huge history behind <laughs> the grandfather paradox now that yeah. i was just trying to look up movie titles to see which ones and then i gave up and picked ones that i knew off the top of my head um there is obviously there's a shit ton of it in um doctor who there's like a million episodes um if you want to actually really think about how the time paradox like the grandfather paradox could go badly um season one christopher eccleston episode um father's day where rose goes back to her own baptism and meets her dad yes yes that's a really good one um Mm, Lost. That's the one I was thinking of. Lost okay, so has a really weird one. I would like to watch Lost and I haven't yet, so. Okay. No, no spoilers. Uh, there's like huge spoilers for Lost and I don't There is it. huge spoilers for Lost. I won't tell you. Mm, yes. <laughs> Fringe has a great one that I won't go into because it's a huge spoiler for the whole show that I can't tell you. And then the the one that is the most fucking awful emotional revelation of a grandfather paradox ever is in game of thrones which i also haven't watched great i'll add it to this <laughs> i like got all the ones you're picked were nothing i'd watch okay <clears throat> i can't right. it is like i am gonna cry just thinking about it anyone who's watched game of thrones you know exactly what i'm talking about because like it is it is like the the one thing in the whole show that nobody saw coming until it was happening and then you were like, holy shit. Maybe I'll watch yes. it soon. Um, I'm trying to think of what season that is. Um, it's later in the show that you find it out though, so you'd have to watch a lot. Well, which is fine. I mean, if I'm gonna watch it, I'm gonna watch it all. That's very true. So um but yeah, so, um, you know, there's like the normal, like, Doctor Who, uh, Star Trek, those are all going to have 
Right. Your examples. Um, sci-fi is going to have it for sure. Exactly. Uh, I'll talk about uh, a few modern day ones that. Yeah. I was just, I knew there was something in my head and it was the. Um, Game of Thrones. The Game of Thrones one. Oh, and then like more casually, it's um, Harry and Hermione in Prisoner of Azkaban. Oh, like yeah. Harry, like yeah. that Harry doing the Patronus the to save turner. himself. Like the time turner mm-hmm. is a really basic example. Right, right. Um, but anyway, um, sorry. I have a parent emailing me about the Christmas party. That is now a New Year's party. That is tomorrow. Right. Excellent. That sounds um, good. She just wanted to know if it's okay that she can't send the pizza until 8.30 instead of 7.30. No, it's fine. It's breakfast pizza. It's breakfast pizza. But school starts at 7.30, but she can't get right. the breakfast pizza there till 8.30. She's like, is that going to be a problem? I was like, no. We'll still be there. We'll still be hungry. Yeah. Um, so, okay, but so he does shoot the rocket. It does work. A bunch of soldiers come in and then we have the credits. Right. So. Then, after the credits, the officers are asking how they got in there. And Sam has the realization that they're still in the gate room. They're still in Cheyenne Mountain. But something is wrong. And so... Um, they're like, let me, somebody's like, we have to take you to a holding room. And Jack's like, no, like, I want to see your CO. But obviously, he doesn't really have any authority here. So they lock them in the holding room, and their weapons get confiscated. And an officer is going through all their weapons, and he finds the letter from Hammond, and it's addressed to George. And we realize on his face that um, he is George. Right. So... Um, then we go back to the holding room where Sam is explaining that what is going on because, um, sometimes exposition has to be explained to the audience by explaining it to the dumb characters. Mm -hmm. Um, and she tells them that they've traveled back in time, roughly 30 years. And, um, Daniel's or Jack's like, I don't care where we are as long as we go home. And Daniel's like, yeah, but like we could get home before we left and then stop us from either coming here. And he's like, or we could like do this. And like, Tilk's like, or we could like go and stop these things from happening. And they're like so excited about time travel. And Sam's like, this is an absolutely terrible idea. We cannot do any of those things. But I love that Daniel Jackson's like, big idea. He's like, we could go to Babylon. And I was like, there are also a lot of other places you could go. But I guess Babylon's the right. One. Like, I love how stopping hitler um i was about to say stopping 9-11 but that hadn't happened yet <sighs> rough times oh. i guess like, like back when you could go forward so they could have they just did, wouldn't know just didn't know but so like stopping hitler stopping um nagasaki and hiroshima like anything to do with world war ii like genocides of large groups of people in Africa. Uh, no, he wants to go to ancient Babylon. Which, to be fair, ancient the d- destruction of ancient Babylon was the huge loss of a huge part of like historical culture that we don't know anything about. Right. 
but I don't think he's going to go fix it. I think oh, no, he just wants to get artifacts and steal them before it gets destroyed. Right. right. Once again, right. selfish. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then she explains the grandfather paradox, which obviously, um, as Courtney and I have just explained, is that you cannot go back in time and kill your grandfather because then you will never have been born and you'll be stuck in a time loop. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, soldiers come in the room and this is the moment that we just see just how fucking stupid Daniel Jackson actually is. And they ask him in Russian if they are Soviet spies and he responds in Russian. And Jack is like, you fucking idiot. How Daniel Jackson? Because here's the thing. We don't know exactly when it is. They don't know exactly when it is. But Sam does know, based on the calculations of the time differential, that they're roughly 30 years in the past. Right. And that they're at a place where they're testing rockets in Colorado. Right. So never in the history of America, at a time where we are technologically able to test rockets in Colorado, did you want to work for the Soviets? Right. Correct. So we just know that's a bad thing, regardless of... Um, Yeah. So they pull Jack out to interview him because he's clearly the leader. And um, Sam has already specifically instructed them that they cannot reveal who they actually are. Good on her. Yeah. And so when they pull him out and they interview him, Thornbird asks who he is. And he says that he is James Tiberius Kirk, captain of the Starship Enterprise. Mm-hmm. Now, the very first episode of Star Trek, the original series, came out in 1966. So Captain Kirk was already a character in pop culture at this time. Which does not necessarily mean that Thornbird would know who he is, because despite the um, longevity and cult following of star trek now when star trek first came out it actually wasn't super popular just like every other sci-fi show that came out ever correct right um but like everybody kind of knew who captain kirk was like um so uh thornbird starts asking jack about the weapon and he gives literally the sassiest answer i've ever heard and like i used it on dan this week because um jack says or Jack goes, uh, I really can't say. And he starts asking him, he's like, about what, like, um, like what it is and like government secrets and it's classified and everything. And Jack just goes, no, it's just really hard to pronounce. Yeah. <laughs> I lost it. Yeah. Um, and then he kind of figures out where he is relevant to time. And he goes, okay, I was lying about being Captain Kirk. My name is actually Luke Skywalker. So this is where I start rewriting this. <laughs> because... Hold on, this is where I also wrote a note, at least Star Wars wasn't out yet. Yes. <laughs> and so because of that... Actually, yeah. I'll tell you my rewrites in a minute. Okay. So at least Star Wars was not yet out, and so he realizes his mistake in being Captain Kirk, who is already known, and at least picks another sci-fi hero who could not possibly have been a TV character at that moment. 
Right, right. Um, that's the last note I have for the scene. Mm-hmm. If you want to talk about your rewrite now, or do you want to save it to the end? I want to save it. Okay. So then we get a flash to the present day where um, the gate operator of the episode, who I have no idea who he is, because he's not the guy who it usually is. Um, and he's not the guy who's in love with Sam. So don't know who he is. Um, he tells Hammond that like SG-1 still hasn't checked in and they don't know what to do. And Hammond, like, forlornly stares at the gate and is like, this is one mission they'll have to complete on their own. So ominous. So ominous. Um, And that they can't send a search party. They just need to send SG-5 to the other planet and just do the the mission for them. Mm -hmm. Which, whatever. (laughs) But it's, of course, because Hammond knows what's going on and none of the rest of us do because he's a genius um so sg1 back in the past is being transported and jack is trying to tell them his plan and sam is like um the best plan is to try and live out the rest of our lives without affecting history and just stay here forever which doesn't sound like a great plan it doesn't sound like a great plan it also becomes an even worse plan when teal um, explains that if the symbiote in his pouch goes like reaches maturity and he doesn't have the ability to um, replace it, it will take him over and he will become a full gauld right. and just like start killing people on Earth for shits. Um, you know that's super what we want to inflict on the 1970s. Totally fine. Oh, um, the transport van gets a flat and George gets on the van and is like who are you and why should I help you and Sam puts all the pieces together because she sees his name tag and it says Hammond and she's like the notes from you and he's like the fuck um but so Sam tells him the truth about who they are and how they got there and um they prove that they know him because they start talking about the moon landing and he's like, yeah, everybody knows. Right. Like, he's like, that's not a secret. And they're like, yeah, but is it well known to the massive public that you watched it with your dad in the hospital after his first heart attack? And he's like, no, 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 that one you, you could not know. Also, this guy sounds just (laughs) like Donis Davis. Yes. Like, I don't know. I don't know who the guy is. I don't know how the guy is because he was not, um, credited very high so i talked about uh, the other guy instead um but yeah he very much has a an amazingly good replicated speech pattern right like if i just closed my eyes i would think i was listening to don s davis right yes um um he unlocks their handcuffs and gives them back the zat gun good for him um and then he calls for help so that they can knock the other two men out. And we find out that their gear is in a separate truck. Um, Jack destroys the rest of their gear, um, which also includes the videotape with the proof of them using the Zacon. Like, he just destroys everything. And then he tells him, he's like, this is the only way that will, the only thing that will prevent you from getting court-martialed. Uh, thank you so much for everything you've done. I he was like, Do you have any cash? He gives him cash and he's like, I'll pay you back with interest. Thank you. 
and then he knocks him out with the zap gun. And I was like, that sucks, but also, like, it is the only way to do it. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, So then the team starts to head into the forest and look for the Stargate and figure out how to get home. But Hammond's note is hella cryptic, and it just has two dates and two times. And that's it. Um, So they get to the side of the road. To try to get a car. And my note says, the boys make Sam be the one to get them a car because 1969 sexism. Absolutely. They did that. Which, like, they're not wrong. Which had nothing to do with their feelings about Sam. Right. But more about the fact that they knew that in 1969, a woman alone hitchhiking, 15 times more likely to get a car than any of them. Also, more likely to get killed than not by a serial killer in 69. Oh. But it's okay if she had back. I mean, that's true. But I think the serial killers in hitchhiking was not till the mid seventies. I was thinking it was I, like early. I don't think it was acknowledged until the mid seventies. Probably before then. I think because like, I think it was like seventy four when people started being afraid of hitchhiking. Right. So I think that's so, when they started like like putting the pieces together. Yeah. Um. Uh, Sam. Uh, Daniel's like we have to go find to New York because we have to ask Catherine where the gate is. And Sam's like, you can't meet Catherine. Like, he, the first time you he met her was the about first Daniel Jackson. Like, we literally just explained it. He's like, no, we'll like go in disguise and pretend to be foreigners. And Jack was like, foreigners from where? And Daniel's like, fucking pick a place. I speak twenty three languages. So I looked it up. Did you look it up? If he, I did how not many look languages it up. Michael Shank speaks? I did not look it up. There was an interview after this episode where they were like, so how many languages do you speak? And he was like, I speak a little French. Not well. And that's it. <laughs> <clears throat> Only language he speaks and not well. Yeah. So one and um, a half languages is what he speaks, essentially. So I thought that was really funny. I What I really would like... Um, that is not in my trivia, but should be, is a list of the 23 languages that Daniel Jackson speaks. Yes. I would like, also. I want to know. Like, we know he speaks Greek and Latin and English, mm-hmm. obviously. We know he speaks Egyptian. We know he speaks German. Mm-hmm. Um, and we know he speaks Russian. That right. is six. <laughs> With that, my guess would be that he would also speak French, Spanish, and Italian, because that's just like their yeah, other the their other romance languages they have greek and latin roots like i get it mm-hmm. um yiddish maybe maybe because it has um, similar he, to german german or russian well yiddish yiddish is jew is like a hebrew right but it has a lot of yeah. the same like Bases is one of those two. German. German, probably. Yeah. But okay. then I would also say he probably speaks Hebrew. Right. Um, he probably speaks Arabic. Mm-hmm. And then because he probably speaks Arabic, he probably also speaks Persian or like Farsi. Farsi, yeah. Um that still only puts me at 12. Yeah. We haven't discussed any Asian languages, which he there's a lot of them. There's a lot of them. And, like, based on the fact that he's a, a linguist of, like, ancient cultures, like, he'd have to speak Chinese. But, like, what other combinations of Asian languages does he speak? I don't know. I don't know. Um, Stargate, give me that list. I would like the comprehensive list of what languages Daniel Jackson speaks. 
Got it. I will try to put it together for you. Um, I will actually not have you do that. I will look it up because I don't want you to get spoilers. Right, but you look it up and bring it to our recap episode because I like to do that. And now I'll let you do it so I don't get spoiled. Yes, because I just was thinking about, like, even I was going to tell you something about something that's really cool on the Reddit page for Stargate. And then I was like, but I can't tell you to do that because then I don't know what else you'll see. Because one of the people who's super active in the Reddit page for Stargate is one of the creators of the show. And so anytime you're on Stargate's Reddit and you're looking at concept art, it's actually original unreleased concept art. That's very cool. It is very cool, but you can't see it yet. (laughs) Unless I find specific posts to send you. But then even then, you can look at the art, but not see them. Screenshot them and send them to me. Right. Then I won't have any links to follow. True. Well, I'm making a note. What languages does <laughs> Daniel speak? Okay. Mm-hmm. We should we should ask Doug before, like when we record. Like you should find the answer, but then you should ask him before you tell us the answer. That is fantastic. I also haven't told Doug he's recording. Oh well, he's got a couple weeks. literally a couple of weeks yeah i'll I'll talk to him this week right now he's pissing me off because he's a he was in florida um and uh send i sent him a picture of a salad um and said thinking about you happy new year's and he sent me a picture of how blue the sky was in florida and i was like fuck off Hmm. anyway while they're discussing this sam has yet to pick up a car with her hitchhiking and Teal'c has decided that this is not effective and is taking too long and just, like, walks out into traffic and stops a bus. <laughs> yes. Um, even though it took, like, 30 seconds. It was, it was like he didn't even wait a full minute. No. Um, the bus that he stops is a hippie bus that's headed to Woodstock. Nothing makes me happier than hippies in Stargate. I understand that's not going to be a common concept. <laughs> Yeah. No, it was amazing. Their names are Michael and Jenny, and they are headed to Woodstock. And the best thing about it is they don't even know what it's called. They're just like, yeah, there's just like some big outdoor concert in upstate New York. And like, we're going to go and like peace, love and jams. And I was like, is where I decided to rewrite the episode. I wanted Michael to be George Lucas. And I wanted when they started telling them all these crazy things happening and they were overhearing all this stuff. And he told him his name was Luke. That, like, they took that that's where George Lucas gets his idea and runs with it to make Star Wars, which feels like it would have been something that happened in Doctor Who that they would yeah. have had the storyline. And I think yeah. it because this episode wasn't related to the rest of Stargate, really, it would have been fun to make yeah. that storyline. <laughs> um, so the hippies are, like, obsessed with them. Um, because, like, Jenny is obsessed with the fact that Sam has, like, modern woman hair. Like, they're just, like, fucking obsessed. And, um, Michael keeps asking all of, like, Teal'c all of these questions. And he's like, so that, like, thing on your head, man, like, what is it? What does it stand for? And he's like, slavery to the overlords. And he's like, fucking right on, man. (laughs) And, like, Teal'c is unintentionally everything that hippies want in life. And so then he starts telling, Michael starts telling Teal'c about how he's going to, like, run away to Canada to, like, avoid the draft. 
and um, Teal has no idea what the Vietnam War is. So that was a moment of like a pit in my stomach because I knew he's that like, was going to come back. Are you going to come? Are you going to go? He's like, you know, there's wars happening. He's like, are you going to start a war in Canada? And he's like, no. <laughs> yeah. He's like, yeah, we're like going to go there for the war. And he was like, the war with Canada? <laughs> um, there has never actually officially been a war between the U.S. and Canada. Like, there were, like, the War of 1812 and the French and Indian War, like, involved the U.S. and Canada, but, like, the two of us were not at war with Canada's, like, hella chill. Like, I have strong feelings about Canada, and they're not what most people have about Canada. Well, they, like, see themselves really well, I feel like. Yeah, but here's the thing. The real problem is they can't start a war with us because they don't have a military. They use ours. Yes, yes, that's also <laughs> like that's the actual reason. Like, chill, sure. Also, completely dependent on us in terms of military prowess. I forgot about that part, but <laughs> still. Um. So then they go on a feel-good road trip, and that I think is an entire waste of time. Very I get much. it. I get it. They're showing us what, but like. We're like watching the little red line on the map and every stop they go to and then buying hippie clothes. And I'm like, what the fuck show am I watching? Right. It doesn't like it has so much unnecessary content in this episode. Um so then they're sitting in the woods around a fire, and Sam explains the entire part of, ooh, of the episode in about five minutes. Mm-hmm. And it turns out that um a solar flare must have been what happened. Because then her calculations would have been misguided and it would have, like, made them slingshot back to the Earth at the wrong time period. I'm just throwing things. Um, And that the times that Hammond wrote down must be possible solar flare events that he then went and looked up using her research or blah, blah, blah. And they're like, what if he made you research this because he already knew this was going to happen? And, you know. um, So my question for you. That you may not yeah. have an answer to. Um, this solar flare theory revolving yeah. around time travel yeah. is something that's been um, examined in the past. Is this one of like, would this have been one of like Tesla's theories? Um, I don't a lot of time travel theories that I don't actually know. Hmm. I'm going to look into that. For yeah. Yeah. I, I will. Sorry, but for me. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure. Um, hmm. um, I bet so. But probably, like, it had to have come from yet. somewhere. We're going to say it came from Tesla, Nikola Tesla. I mean, honestly, he everything passed. came from Nikola Tesla. Really, though. Um, his life, his life was insane. I'm obsessed. Um, as someone who grew up in Niagara Falls, um, there is no other answer other than Nikola Tesla is everything. Yeah, I'm I'm not from there, and I still use Nikola Tesla as the answer for everything. So yeah, um, there's a statue of him at Niagara Falls, and I take a picture with it every time I go to the falls. There's a bar downtown that's based on him, and it has birds on the ceiling, and I need to take you there. It's incredible. The cocktails are hella expensive, but they're delicious too. But I mean, there's birds and Tesla because he loved birds. I know, but, like, I also love him and birds. But it's all themed around him, like, even the drink titles and stuff. It's right up your alley. We'll go one time. Phenomenal. Um, 
as they're having this whole conversation about the um, science of what actually happened, the hippies are listening to them. And they're like, who are you guys? And they're like, oh, we're just like using our imaginations. And he's like, no, the fuck you're not. Uh, and they convince them that they're aliens who need help to leave Earth. Which, like, of course they did. Right, right. Um, so the hippies bring them to New York and they drop Teal'c and Jack off at an observatory um, and Jack is like, we only have one shot at this and I don't want to mess up Sam's theory. And then Teal'c reminds both, um, or reminds the audience that Jack does astronomy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Because Teal'c is like, isn't astronomy like your hobby? And as he said that, I go, oh yeah, that's right. Jack is like an ast-. And I was like, that line was 100% to remind the audience that we have Absolutely. seen this before. This is not because I was like, why did they drop these two off at the the observatory? And then he said that line, like, oh, just kidding. Makes sense. Um, So then Sam and Daniel go to Catherine's to find out about the location of the Stargate. And they like weirdly cryptically talk in German. And um, the servant is like kind of watching them and kind of following them. And like, it definitely feels like a, this is a setup for something that's going to happen later in the show that she like knows shit that she shouldn't know. Mm -hmm. Um, But I don't know. Um, And they find out that the Stargate is hidden in armory in DC. Um, And Jack sees a solar flare and knows that they, that that's correct. And Sam's theory was right. And that they need, which also, like, good for fucking General Hammond for knowing to give them two so that they could test the theory before they tried. Right, right. Um, so then... I felt like um, Catherine would not have fallen for it that easily. Right. Like, I know he, like, gave some names that she knew or whatever, but still, like, I feel like, like, she's super smart and super... Yeah, I did not like the way they uh, painted Catherine in this episode. Yeah. Um, um, But then we're on the bus and then we're on the way to DC and we find out that Michael got drafted and it's like really heartbreaking because they're like, they're like begging them to take them to outer space with them. Like we can't do that. And he's like, and Jenny's like, Michael got drafted. And then there's like a moment and Jack is like, so angry and like wants to start saying something and Sam has to like stop him and is like you can't say anything. I feel like if I was alive during this time I would have been a hippie. Like I totally understand the of military and whatnot but I really hate the draft. (laughs) Yeah. I like it's double-edged sword for me. It's like it feels like it was I wasn't there but it feels like it was probably important and or necessary but at the same time, it feels really right. abusive. And yeah. Well, but nice. I mean, but I mean, even now, there's like a lot of countries that have mandatory enlisted service, and I hate and, it. I hate it. I like it. I like that it's voluntary here now for the most part. We'll see. Yeah. Um, Everyone has to sign up for the draft, so it is still a possibility in the world. But correct. Um, I think that women should be forced to be drafted to drafted to, not because I want. 
to be drafted at all. But because I think that those women who are fighting so vehemently for like equal rights need to like accept that if you have equal rights, you also have equal um, responsibility for those rights. No, and I not, agree. Not I agree. Saying, with equal rights and I think women should yeah like no I mean I was just saying not that I'm saying I'm against equal rights like that came off being very much like I don't think we should have equal rights which is not what I was saying at all um but I think that like the privilege of having the rights that you have in America comes with responsibilities and like paying taxes and voting are those are part of those responsibilities and I think that like the draft is also part of those responsibilities and that like women should be forced to also agree to the draft yeah and i and think like and like I hopefully agree. hopefully we're never in a situation where we need the draft again but like if we do it should not be men only i agree no i agree with that for sure like i am in the sense that like i hate the draft and i wish it didn't exist and at this point i don't think it's necessary mm-hmm. anymore um but if it is then it, you know it's everyone you know yeah. that's how it's meant to be because it again i think leaving women off of something like that makes women look lesser in the eyes of the government anyways because mm-hmm. they're saying that like men are the only ones who are strong enough to do this the only ones that are like meant to be the providers protectors and it's like women can do that too and like there's women mm-hmm. in the military there's plenty of women in the military so it's yeah. like I don't understand why it's never been a little more. Well, I understand why then it wasn't more equal. I don't understand right. why now why it isn't more equal. Correct. Like, in the military, so. Um, um, but so we get a really sad moment that we will never actually see again. So, like, it was kind of emotional for no reason, which was upsetting, but it's fine. Um, and then they break into the facility where the gate is. Um, and they use a truck to turn the gate on. Yeah, thank God they found the Stargate. Um, and then they like get attacked mm-hmm. so they jump into the stargate but also too soon they get attacked and it looks like because they didn't close all the doors like i don't know if some of those entryways just didn't have doors that closed or if they just maybe like, but also the guy clearly heard the truck running right but he heard it because they didn't close all the doors i was like why would you not like cover your bases when you go in somewhere but so because they jumped in too soon, they actually ended up like too far in the future. Mm-hmm. And Cassandra sends them back to where they need to go. But I really liked the effects they used to show the difference between traveling through time there. Yeah. And traveling towards the future as opposed to how they've used it in the past. And they really um, different yeah. differentiation. And I like that like Cassandra was like, I can't tell you anything. Like Right. I, can't, I can't tell you anything. At first, I thought it was future Sam. I did too for a second, but then I liked that it wasn't. I did too. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then they go home, and Hammond explains everything that happened and how he knew that this was the correct mission to send the note with them, and that he remembers finding the note when he was a lieutenant, and how Sam's hand is what like tipped him off. And then he tells Jack that um, with interest, Jack owes him five hundred and thirty nine dollars and fifty cents. Correct. So, you know, I did think that was cute. Yes, and uh, obviously Jack agrees to pay him because why wouldn't he? Um, because remember, we've talked about how these guys get paid for this job that they're doing, and they definitely never leave base. Right, they just have money. Yeah. 
Especially Daniel and probably Jay. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And Tilk, because he probably don't know what to do with it. But Tilk also might not get paid. That's true, too. We're going to pretend like he does, though, because I like that better. Sure, sure, sure. Um, You did already talk about your rewriting of Mm -hmm. the story. Um, Do you have any other thoughts or comments before I get into trivia? I do. I have a prediction of sorts. Okay. Sandra is meant to be like the river song of Doctor Who because we've now seen her as a child mm-hmm. and then we saw her as an old woman who is sending them back to help protect them and we know that her and Sam have talked in the middle somewhere because Sam had to give her these instructions yeah and I wonder if she's like that in between that like that constant thread like river song is maybe so maybe. that's a, that's a thought i had okay um, i think my my other thought is that this is the penultimate episode of season two, and they filmed season one and season two not knowing where they were going. And this is the la- next to last episode for all they know when this came out or whenever it's recorded. Except that it's not. And I know it's not because they basically gave us a clue in this episode. And I have no idea this is not in the trivia. This is just my thoughts. They gave us a clue in this episode that they had already been picked up for season three. And that was, as they were leaving Cassandra, she says, don't worry, your journey is just beginning. Right, right. So I got that part, but I I think they wanted it to be. But didn't they record the first two seasons before they released the first season? No, no, no. They were picked up for two seasons to start immediately. That doesn't necessarily mean that they filmed everything as a block. Like, they still filmed in blocks, in chunks, but that doesn't mean that they filmed everything at once. Got it. I understood that they had filmed it all in blocks before, like, release. No, 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 no. Gotcha. Okay. Then, um, yeah, never mind. This makes more sense. Okay. Um, the very first piece of trivia is the fact that um, Star Wars, Star Trek came out in 1966, but Star Wars didn't come out until 1977, which I took notes about as we were watching because I'm a nerd and I know those things. Um, Daniel Jackson tells Colonel O'Neill that he was four and a half in 1969. Which means that he was born in either 1964 or 1965. Um, that is completely useless trivia, but at least we know. Right. Now we know. Um, this. Um, when General Hammond tells Jack that he owes him $539.50 to pay back for the loan, if you account for simple interest at a prime rate of 8%, for the um for August of 1969, Lieutenant Hammond would have had to have loaned the Colonel 161 dollars and 29 cents, which does not look like what he loaned. No, him. I think he had got like five. Right. Huh. Um. The the supposedly New York Observatory where O'Neill checks for the solar flares was actually the Gordon McMillan Southam Observatory in Vancouver, which is open to the public but was not built until 1979. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> they're not very good at their dates. They're also, um, because they're filming everything in Vancouver, they're not really good at making things that aren't Vancouver. Right, right. Um, when they're at the bottom of the Titan missile, just before the launch, there's a short shrieking sound in the audio, um, which is actually accurate because the Titan used a liquid fuel and it would make that sound just before launch when the turbine fuel pump oh, was turned on. Interesting. 
Um, this is one of my favorite ones, and I did know this trivia before I started watching it. I just didn't take a note about it during the episode. When they get the newspaper when they're in New Jersey, um, it is dated August 10th, 1969, and it is a fictional newspaper, but all of the headlines are real. Oh! Including the fact that one of the headlines is reporting the death of Sharon Tate and her four companions, which happened on August 8th of 1969. Oh my goodness. Yes. Okay. So they showed they showed a close-up of the newspaper and the two headlines. One was about Richard Nixon and one was about Sharon Tate. Yeah, I saw the was, Richard Nixon one. Yes. The other one was Sharon Tate and four friends found murdered. Wow. Wild. Not because I, like, love him, but because, like, that is fascinating. And we've talked about my feelings on Charles Manson before. And that we share the same birthday. Not anymore, because he's dead. Correct. Um, during the hippie van montage, we get a short look at a highway map for Amarillo, Texas. And the map is shown as an Interstate 40, but an earlier road sign said Route 66. Um... In the 60s and 70s, the iconic Route 66 was being upgraded and rebuilt as I-40. And -hmm. when the rebuild was going on, some sections would have been labeled one or the other. So that's actually not a typo on the map. Yeah, that's interesting. So Um, they're good at geography. They're bad at dates. Correct. Got it. Got it. Um, The disadvantage of filming in British Columbia is that the arid scrub desert of New Mexico looks like a lush coastal taiga forest. (laughs) That's my, the the wording of that is my favorite. Yes. Um, The episode takes place sometime um, in 1999 between August 4th and 11th. Oh, oh, it says it takes place in three parts. 1999 sometime. Between August 4th and 11th of 1969, and then the mid-21st century. Got it. Um, This is the second of Alex Zahara's six appearances on the show, but the only time where his face is visible and not under makeup. And this is the one who played Michael, right, that you talked about earlier? Yes, yes. So he has six different appearances on the show. The first one was Zell's, and this is the second one, um, but this is the only time we see his face. Interesting. Um, this says, when the hippies in the van pull over for the team, they mentioned being on their way to upstate New York for some big concert. Woodstock was held between August 15th and 18th in 1969 in Bethel, New York. Obviously, I literally wrote going to Woodstock in my notes. Yeah. Um, and this one, I did not write, but I thought, and I should have written. At around 24 minutes and 15 seconds into the episode, which is sometime during the... Uh, Heavy van montage when they buy new outfits. Tilk is seen wearing clothing, a clothing ensemble that looks exactly like Jimi Hendrix for some reason. I, I thought that too. <laughs> yes, I almost put that down and I was like, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. I made that up. Nope. nope. Yeah, he's dressed like Jimi Hendrix. Excellent. So, oh. you know, there's that. Um... Yeah. So uh, next week is the finale Wait. of Death and Wait. or of this season two. I know. Oh, I, I know. I'm just saying well, like next week. Yet. Next week is the finale. And this season has been so 
massively inconsistent on whether it's following an arc or doing really weird but pleasurable one-offs. And I have quite literally no idea what to expect for the season finale. Mm. No, like, no idea. So, um, there's, there's that. Um, Daniel Jackson probably gets married again. I thought for sure he was gonna fall in love with this girl, Jenna. Was that her name? Jenna? Jenny. Jenny. Yeah. He was gonna fall in love with Jenny. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't, like, I, I don't even know what to think. It's just been a mess episode. Like, it's found a new partner. That's very true. Um, <laughs> but, like, also, we saw him get, like, really angry about not being able to find Sharae. So, like, maybe it's because he's actually remembering he's married. Mm, mm, that'd be nice. Maybe he'll actually yeah. find Sharae again. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I never know what to expect. I know. Such talking. Speaking of not knowing what to expect, um, because I don't know what to expect for your answers for these questions at all, because weirdly, there is no villain in this episode. So um, who would you like to punch? Daniel Jackson. For just being wildly inconsistent, I feel like, in his, whether he's correct or not, he is so gung-ho in this episode every time he says something and there are so many bad ideas yeah bad things he comes up with so many and i just i just want to punch him in the face honestly fair um i think i will have to punch um foreign bird for being a dick when he was interrogating jack Purely because there's no one left to punch. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, he wasn't like the most egregious asshole we've ever seen, but we like, don't hate him. He can come back. Right. But like, but, yeah. but, um, who is your MVP? You know, I was split between two people. Okay. And I think I'm going to have to go with Sam. I think she held this mission together. It's her research that even got us there. Yeah. And she just was so smart about everything. I agree. I was also split between two people um, because I figured you would pick Sam. So then I was trying to figure out who would be my second, second choice. And I was split between two. Um, And I think, but for very different reasons, Mm -hmm. I think I have landed on Hammond. He would have been my second. Um, because that is like he kept the secret quiet. He didn't tell them ahead of time what was going to happen. He did what he had to do to not do the grandfather paradox and still get them home safely. Like everything that he should have done. Mm-hmm. But I was also torn because Michael just gave me all of the feelings. Bless him. Yeah. But I, I think I have to go with Hammond because in terms of the actual mission and the episode, it it only succeeded because Hammond did the correct thing and not the emotionally thirty years ago thing. Right. Yeah. It wasn't even like a one off. It was like he's been it's like, and and he did something thirty years ago and then remembered it and remembered it well enough to know how to help now. Right. Right. Yeah. So that is. That is that. Mm-hmm. 
It is, um, it's a time. It's a, it's a time to be alive. Um, it sure is. Um, but with that, you can let us know what you would do if you time traveled back to 1969 on any of the social medias at Death and Aliens or by emailing us at deathandaliens at gmail.com. You can follow me everywhere and send me condolences for my broken butt at uh, E-M-K-A-Y underscore superstar. You can find me everywhere at cecloud13. See you on Thursday for our Thriller Thursday episode where we talk about the finale. Ah! It's going to be wild. See ya. So wild. Bye.